0: This is the Wait For It Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mr. Eric Almighty. And one of, if not my most anticipated show of the year, has finally ended. That would be the limited series on Disney Plus called Obi-Wan Kenobi. For those of you that have listened to us for a while, you know that my co-host Phil is the Jurassic Park guy. And my preferred fandom franchise has been Star Wars. As a teenager, Revenge of the Sith is one of the first movies I can recall where I went into the theater many, many times to go watch it. Whether it was bringing friends, bringing family, or just asking if I could get dropped off on a non school night to go watch it myself, I could not get enough. And I'm not going to pretend that I've always loved the prequels, but what is now common knowledge, many young adults who are now going into their mid 20s to late 30s, have truly created a complete turnaround of the reception to those films. And with time, I too have come to truly appreciate all of the prequel films. So, it should be no surprise when an Obi-Wan Kenobi series was announced, I couldn't wait to mark my calendar for its release. And I'm not the only one. On this episode, I've enlisted the help of several friends and fellow podcasters to share their thoughts about this show. Because while the positive anticipation was being shared among the masses, the reception to the show has been much more divisive. So with that being said, this review will be a little different than many of the ones we've done in the past, with just some slight changes to our normal format. Because this will be a full spoiler discussion on the show, I'm going to freely talk about the likes and dislikes for a majority of the episode before I do give my final thoughts and overall grade of the series as a whole. It's probably safe to say if you haven't watched Star Wars before this, you aren't going to watch this, but if you happen to be a fan who's yet to check it out, or you were waiting to binge it all at once, here's your heads up to press pause and come back once you're ready. With that spoiler warning out of the way, let's jump over to Trey to kick things off about his thoughts for Obi-Wan Kenobi.
3: Let's talk some Obi-Wan Kenobi, baby. Finally, some Star Wars talk on this show. I swear all you guys talk about is dinosaurs. Like, dinosaurs are mid, bro. They don't have lightsabers. (laughs) Regardless, my name is Trey. Um, I'm one half of the Bat in the Hat podcast, and I am very honored to be able to lend my voice on some uh, Star Wars facts and some Star Wars insight on the whole Obi-Wan series. So without further ado, let me get right into it uh obi-wan as a whole this six episode mini series because i don't think you can really call it a series was um honestly really good they didn't really destroy too much canon at all they added in a lot of extra characters that were really awesome like lola the droid is so adorable like top tier probably would put it around like the dl level not like bba level but regardless cute droid um all the actors in this were amazing Hayden Christensen, obviously a banger, Ewan McGregor, awesome as always, but Moses Ingram just coming out of nowhere and being a background character that I thought they weren't going to do anything with and just taking out the Grand Inquisitor to spoil it, like, oh my fucking god, I did not see that coming and it was epic as hell. Only downside, I wish you would have used, like, the spin blade on the blade to kill him, because that would have been epic as shit, rather than just using the Grand Inquisitor to almost, like, chop a dude out of nowhere which was kind of lame but all in all it's been awesome awesome seeing her like arc kind of fitting in that role of like anakin turned darth vader but not turning in the very end which is pretty sick to see everything in this series has been awesome like the lightsaber fights have been awesome all the force use has been amazing hell even the space fights have been good there's been some parts that have been pretty bad like you don't get to see that many aliens which i really wish we could have seen there's a lot of like just random extras in the background which i don't know why they did that probably for budget reasons who knows but everybody has their main complaints like obviously the whole leia running away scene and the grown man can't duck under a bush i get it it happens and then just the trope of leia as a child just being dumb which I don't understand they, why they went that route. Obviously, she's smart and wise beyond her years, but you have her do these really dumb childish things that are, like, way over the top. It's a trope that everybody does in movies, and hopefully they'll eventually get out of it, but all in all, this series was awesome. Like, I highly recommend anybody who hasn't watched this series to, one, stop the show and re <laughs> re-watch it, obviously, but, two, just enjoy Star Wars as a whole. Like, the whole entire Star Wars community is amazing, and... I'm just going to shout out one TikToker that will put you on game on a whole bunch of books, knowledge, canon info, and just a great dude. It's uh, Star Wars Dinks on TikTok. He's a little uh, pink puppet, and he's the coolest dude on TikTok. So definitely give him a follow, and I appreciate y'all for having me on.
2: Big thanks to Trey for sending in that clip, and look out for him to join me on a future collab episode on the podcast. And listen, I'd love to do more Star Wars stuff. So if you guys agree with Trey, let's tell my co-host Phil, dinosaurs, they're overrated. We want to move on to the cool space stuff. But yeah, I mean, Trey brings up a ton of good points. And depending on who you speak to, being extremely positive of what this show offered is how many feel about it overall. Ewan McGregor steals every scene he's a part of as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's the reason why we all tuned in. And even during its peak of hatred from the fan base, the one thing everyone seemed to love about the prequels was the performance of McGregor's Obi-Wan. I really feel he did a fantastic job playing a young Kenobi, Jedi Master Kenobi, and here, a broken version of what we will know to be the Kenobi that was played by Alec Guinness. You genuinely get the feeling that this actor just wanted to pay the ultimate respect to this character. And it's hard to root against that at the end of the day. I did enjoy the change of scenery for this show because Disney has had an awful track record of wanting to spend more time on Tatooine despite the entire fan base begging for something new. We do get that in the form of some new locations, so maybe they heard my episode reviewing the book of Boba Fett. And another thing Disney loves doing that can make the fan base nervous is bringing back Darth Vader to come into some of these stories, but they continue to prove time and time again that it always pays off. This time they bring back Hayden Christensen. They've perfected this Darth Vader walk and presence, and they've also continued to add to a brutal side for this ultimate villain that just simply enhances his whole aura. I don't know how many more years of James Earl Jones we have left for the voice of Vader, So I'm embracing every moment that comes. But like Trey mentioned, there are a bunch of characters in this show, and we're going to focus on some of these new and returning characters like Riva and Leia, as we're going to hear some differing opinions about those two throughout the episode. So let's go ahead and bring in Andrew for a slightly different perspective before we dive in.
0: What is up, listeners of the Wait For It podcast? My name is Andrew Kimball, and I'm one of the hosts of Your Friendly Neighborhood Gamers. And I was asked to submit a little clip for this episode all about the recent Disney Plus show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So since I'm not used to really solo podcasting, I broke down my feelings on the show to a few different bullet points, mostly related to the characters, to try to keep my thoughts organized. First one, overall vibe. I loved the vibe of this show. It felt exactly like I thought it should for where it was set in the timeline, and I loved the interactions between the main characters for the most part. Obi-Wan himself thought he was fantastic. Eo McGregor did a great job returning to the role, and his scenes with Vader were a highlight for me. I liked how in his arc, he started out weaker and blaming himself and disconnected from the Force, and then throughout the show we see him come back into being the skilled and powerful jedi master that we know him to be from the movies and some of the animated tv shows baby leia i thought that kid leia was great overall vivian blair the actress that played her did a great job the way her character acted in some of the earlier episodes didn't always make sense to me and kind of annoyed me but by the end i really loved her and obi-wan's relationship and thought it was really cute and really sweet. Now, Darth Vader. I thought Darth Vader was excellent in this show. I love when Darth Vader is portrayed as a terrifying force, and he was just that. He was brutal, angry, and scary. The final fight between him and Obi-Wan was visually amazing and emotionally heavy. When the mask is broken and his voice is changing between Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones and a robotic mix of the two it was so unsettling and so well done i love that scene i also liked the kind of callback slash parallels of that final lightsaber fight to the one that we have with ahsoka and darth vader in rebels now we'll move on to probably what i thought was the weakest part of this show and that was reva the inquisitor her character arc felt forced and whenever something didn't make sense in this show it seemed to be involving her Why didn't Obi-Wan stay to help her fight Vader like he promised? Why didn't Vader kill her when she turned on him? What was the point of her going after Luke? None of it really made sense or felt like it needed to be in the show. I think, honestly, they could have just had the Inquisitors be a tool used by Vader, taken her whole arc out of it, and it probably would have made the show a little bit better. For my final grade, I would give this show a solid B. The only things really holding it back for me were the parts with, with Reva, and some of the inconsistent moments with Leia. Sure, this show was a lot of fan service, but it was fan service that I really enjoyed. I know that there's gonna be lots of talk about plot holes and why this doesn't match up with this or what. why didn't they answer this question, but in general, I was there for the spectacle and I really enjoyed every minute of it. The Obi-Wan Vader dynamic alone was enough to propel this show to the top of my list as far as the Disney Plus shows go. I'm excited to see what they do with the Ahsoka show and where Disney takes the rest of these series and the more extended Star Wars universe. I think that the shows are doing a much better job of making me a fan of Star Wars again than the movies did. The uh, last last trilogy was was not not too good. As I wrap it up here, just want to thank you, Phil and Eric, for allowing me to come on here and share some of my thoughts about Obi-Wan and to come over to the non-gaming side of the Wait For It content. Looking forward to future collaborations and future content from you guys on all the nerdy stuff that we love. All right. Bye, guys.
2: Big shout out to Andrew, who, like all of our featured podcasters, will have their links dropped in the show notes. And if you're into gaming, his show is an absolute must add to your weekly rotation. But let's dive into what Trey kind of mentioned and now Andrew they've talked a little bit about already. I think it was very bold for them to bring Leia into this story. And I didn't think we'd spend any time at all on Alderaan or with Leia at all. So uh, imagine the surprise many of us had when we find out we're actually going to spend quite a bit of time with Obi-Wan and Leia. There are moments that work, and I enjoyed the overall performance of the child actor who played her, as those are very big shoes to fill. In fact, what I didn't like generally didn't have anything to do with that young lady. But instead, the writing, direction, and choreography of the show was a little bit of a letdown overall for me. I get it. Maybe Leia running away from three people. Maybe that scene wasn't for me. It was for my son who was watching something with his dad. And it was comically bad. So I'm assuming that was the intent. But when the general audience is mainly adults, it doesn't leave a good first taste in many people's mouths. Then Leia causes all types of trouble with Obi-Wan when she's rescued, and while she does bounce back by the end, I feel like we spent the remaining four episodes undoing those initial negative feelings about Leia in the first two. And the same thing could be said for Reva. I didn't really care much about this character's arc until we get to episode five, but at that point, it's a little bit too late, right? It wasn't bad enough to be sending her death threats, so if you're one of those toxic fans, uh, don't let the door kick you on the way out. But the common thing I'm seeing with these two characters is that there's a very mixed reaction from the fan base regarding their inclusion into this show. A show, mind you, that was hyped up to be Obi-Wan and Vader-centric had quite a bit of subplot to deal with. And it wasn't just the writing that felt lazy at times and did nothing to help these two particular characters break through with the audience earlier on. I don't know if this all falls on Deborah Chow, so forgive me if I'm being ignorant here, but I gotta assume that the lack of direction for this show falls at the director's feet. There's little things like Reva parkouring while chasing Obi-Wan on the rooftops. Looks super cool, ultimately not very effective. Reva stabbing the Grand Inquisitor a character many people were excited to see and, in my opinion, was underutilized. I liked his performance in limited spots. A lot, actually. Reva's anger early on doesn't feel warranted, like she was just told to act mad and the audience will understand once her backstory is ultimately revealed. And I apologize if this portion's coming across as a rant, but we do continue to pile on some of these things in the show throughout. Why doesn't Vader go after Kenobi? After he had him in flames in his grasp. Why doesn't he kill Reva? Why doesn't he confirm killing Kenobi under those rocks? Why doesn't Kenobi kill Vader again? There are bigger questions like that, which took away from the experience for many people. And then there's the little stuff that adds up. I thought I was watching a parody when I had to suspend belief that Obi-Wan was effectively hiding a child in his trench coat while trying to escape that Inquisitor Fortress. You're telling me not one person saw this man and thought, hmm, that looks odd. Then you're telling me that in episode 5, all those stormtroopers missed at point-blank range. I know they're bad shots, but I audibly laughed, and that should not happen on the second-to-last episode of a series in a moment that's supposed to be tense. It also didn't help that the classic scores that were used in the trailers for the show hyped everything up, but when it came to the score throughout all six episodes, it didn't really bring that same energy when it came to the score of the show. And I don't know if it was just me, but this budget didn't feel Mandalorian-level budget, right? Because there are scenes here that look like they belonged in the prequel films. Maybe that was on purpose? I don't know. Maybe I'm nitpicking because this show really does stick the landing for me. Better than almost all the non-Mandalorian Disney Plus shows I've seen so far. And that includes some of the MCU shows I've seen to this point. So let's round everything up and take a listen to our final clip from Warren before we get to my final thoughts and great.
1: Yo, everybody. Warren from Simpsons is greater than here. And in addition to loving the Simpsons, I also love Star Wars and I wanted to shoot over my thoughts. On Obi-Wan, the recent Disney Plus show, but you already know that because you're listening to this podcast. And the easiest way that I can say it if I was only given three words is that I loved it. I think it provided tons of valuable lore. It filled in a lot of gaps between the prequel and the original trilogies. And it also added more depth to basically... Every character that we get to see, we see Obi-Wan, he's still struggling with the death of Anakin, he's clearly still struggling with the death of Padme, and this is the first time we really get to see him process any of that. I found a lot of the scenes between Obi and Leia to be particularly moving, because this is a relationship that we, we never really get to explore in this way. We're seeing, you know, Leia, this is a much fresher wound, he's still struggling with her mother's death, as I said. Uh, we get Reva, who I think, you know, adds a, another layer to Anakin. It makes the journey he was on at the end of Revenge of the Sith a lot darker. And her journey was motivated in a way that, to me, was super unique. I mean, we've seen things similar to this. People sort of switch sides. But I think it really came together in a way that was different and really worked for me. Um, the show found a way to make people of all levels of fandom sort of keep guessing i mean people who've watched rebels know all about grand inquisitor and i'm sure like myself they were very confused when he seemingly was killed because the timeline wouldn't make sense there but still even though i thought i knew the answer i didn't understand how they were going to come to a conclusion And so, you know, that extra tension also really did something for me. So I have very little to complain about here. I think anyone super interested in the lore behind Star Wars, you know, want to watch this several times. I mean, I already want to watch it again. Uh, I think the fight between Obi and Vader in that final episode is arguably one of the most powerful scenes in the entire property. I mean, I, I was so moved by that. You see this sort of closure. From Anakin and Obi-Wan, even though it hurts them both in their own way. Uh, so I wasn't really prepared for that. And uh I just want to say, thanks for listening to my thoughts. Hopefully you agree. And back to the wait for it crew.
2: Thanks to Warren for getting this clip to me. Podcasting isn't always easy, and I appreciate the effort you put in to get this over. And ultimately, like Warren mentioned, the finale of the show is really good. Yeah, I do have some gripes, and some I already alluded to, but overall, I do like how we tied up many of these characters' arcs. It may have taken too long, but I felt like with Leia, this experience helped her become the woman that we know she's going to be. And with Reva, while she isn't quite fully redeemed, if they wanted to tell a little bit more of that story, there might be some good stuff left to explore there. It did feel like we sacrificed a little bit of the main story for these two characters, and while it was bumpy at first, I did end up liking both Leia and Reva by the end. But listen, that final fight between Vader and Obi-Wan is almost worth the price of admission alone. Unlike other areas of the show, the choreography here was top-notch, emotions at an all-time high, and it really did feel like Obi-Wan had gotten here and grown from the version that we saw in the initial episode. And you already know, as Andrew mentioned earlier, the scene where Anakin is talking to him for truly the first time since that fateful encounter on Mustafar with the blue shading on his face from the reflection of Obi-Wan's lightsaber before ultimately disappearing back into the dark side, into Darth Vader's red lightsaber, taking over the frame an absolute chef's kiss. Again, Revenge of the Sith was a huge impactful movie for me personally, and I genuinely had to hold back from choking up during this scene. And for my final thoughts, guys, while I haven't been in love with the new feel for Star Wars live adaptations, both stylistically and creatively, this should be viewed as an overall success. I'm sure there are many fans loving this era of Star Wars, especially those who have seen those side stories like Rebels And who are excited for a new show like Ahsoka. But I can't help but to feel a little disappointed in this review. No, not because we didn't get more Clone Wars flashbacks, though those would have been nice. No, not because I was begging each week, where's Qui-Gon? Where's Mace Windu? I want a major cameo. And no, I don't really feel this caused plotline issues between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Not any worth griping about. But my major complaint is that there are 4-6 to episodes worth of content for just Kenobi and Vader. You really could have even made this its own movie with those two at the core. But that's not what we got. Yes, you can make a bold decision to add Leia and create an inciting incident that doesn't include Luke, but don't have her in every single episode. Looking back, does this show really need Reva for the main plotline? I felt like this show was balancing too many less interesting stories versus the most interesting story they had to tell. And to be honest, I just can't help but feel a inner desire from Disney to want to shoot for like a second season or potential spinoffs from the show, and I'm not over the moon about either of those prospects. I'm super happy that the prequels, and Hayden Christensen especially, are getting the comeback that they deserve. Obi-Wan Kenobi does stick the landing, but it only does this off the back of its best actor, versus its biggest character i'm giving the show a solid seven and a half out of ten because there is a lot to like as you heard from me and from each person who sent in a clip today and maybe with time as with the prequels i might have a change of heart and learn to appreciate it more and that was my review of Obi Wan Kenobi. And again, please make sure to check the show notes for some information on the other amazing podcasters who are featured in this episode. And here at the Way Forward Podcast, we had a ton of content in the month of June, and we got a lot more coming up in the month of July. So make sure to check out all of our episodes wherever you're currently streaming your favorite podcast now. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many, many more. You can also hit us up on social media and let us know what you thought about this review, whether that's on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast or on Twitter at Pod. My name is Mr. Eric Almighty, and please don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and all you have to do is wait for it. So,
0: I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime?
1: PLUS ULTRA!
0: mr eric almighty and phil the filipino yeah they've got you covered and all you gotta do is wait for it this is the wait for it podcast